Welcome to the D2C Slingshot Podcast. I'm your host, Lockie Thompson, and I'm also the founder of Social Slingshot, a paid advertising agency. This podcast is your go-to resource for e-commerce entrepreneurs seeking insights from industry leaders and experts. If you've magically stumbled across this podcast, I'm truly grateful you've chosen to listen. If you have any questions whatsoever or specific topics you'd like us to cover, do not hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at Lucky Social Slingshot. While this podcast is tailored to the broader e-commerce community, if you're ever in need of direct marketing assistance, remember that Social Slingshot is here to help. Our mission is to drive as much success for as many e-commerce brands as possible by being the most results-driven and client-focused agency in the market. Now, with all the admin stuff taken care of, let's dive straight into today's episode. Everyone, welcome back to the Dentistry Slingshot Podcast. Today, I'm joined with Capri, marvelous creations enthusiast Kelly, the owner of the Daily Orders. <laughs> I just want to give yourself a quick introduction and a rundown on how you started the business. Hey guys, my name's Kelly. As Lockie said, I'm the owner of Daily Orders. Um, the name Daily Orders comes from my time in the Navy. So every day there was a publication that came out, told you all of the things that you needed to do, what you needed to wear, what time sunset was, all that sort of stuff. That was called Daily Orders. And now I've transitioned that theme or that concept into selling acrylic wall planners for busy people. So that's now what we do. And that's why it's called Daily Orders from from all that lovely Navy time. <laughs> Yeah, do you just want to touch briefly on that Navy time? Like how long were you serving for and what did that look like for you? So I did 13, or about 13 and a half years as, a, as an officer. So I was a logistics officer, um, mostly serving in Australia on land, but I also did a couple of deployments to the Middle East and into Sudan in Africa um, with the United Nations. Um, but a lot of administrative jobs sort of around Canberra and Sydney as well. So... Basically, my, my career was about organising and that's kind of what led me led me to this job. Yeah, so would you call yourself a bit of a control freak, a bit of a, like, you nerd out on your schedule, like you've got everything exactly mapped out? I'd like to say so, but the reality is very different because I've got two kids and things never stay the same. So I think the cool thing about our plan is, is that when things go to custard, you can wipe it clean and start again. You're sort of not... Um, held too tightly to what's what's been planned. It's more of a rough guide than a than a full on minute by minute schedule as some might uh, some might predict. Yeah. So it's a bit of a different life between when you're in the Navy and being a mum running your own e commerce business now. It's a bit more hectic yeah. or would you say Yeah, absolutely. I think I think in the Navy you had some some sort of predictability, but there was also the element of at any time, you might just be asked to, to pack your kit bag and go. So there was there was structure, but there was also that craziness of unpredictability. Um, I think it's kind of the same in the parenting and e-commerce world. You know that you have a job to do, but what might actually happen in that job is, is a crazy path that you never expected. So I actually never expected in my life to run an e-commerce business, but here we are. So I just thought I would kind of be in the Navy until it was time for retirement. But, um, but yeah, things change. And then here we are sort of eight, eight, nine years later in the middle of an e-commerce business. So yeah, it's, it's, awesome. a, it's a crooked path. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. So did you go like straight out of school to the Navy and then straight into your e-commerce business? Or was there a bit of a transition period? Or what did that look like? Uh, was, yeah, so there was a bit of a gap. Um, just after I finished 
school, I went and worked at the local Navy base. So I worked there for a year or so, and then I started my university degree. And as as I got through my degree and spent more time working at Cerberus, I thought this actually might this might be a good idea for me. I might join up and see what happens because I figured I could always be an accountant, which is what my degree was in. Um, but I couldn't just always join the Navy. So I went and did that. I thought I'll give it a little bit of time. And um, yeah, 13 and a bit years later, I said, that, that's enough for me now. Um, so I actually started daily orders in my last year of service. So as I, I had my second child and then was on maternity leave and, and started daily orders um, when our son was about six months old. So, And yeah. like, how did you come up with the original idea? Because... I don't know. It seems like for me, just from an outside perspective, like everyone's yep. sort of got some calendar. People have the calendars on their phone. Like what makes your acrylic wall planning so valuable? So the thing for me was my husband was never home when our kids were little. He was a FIFO consultant. So he would be flying to Malaysia. He'd be flying to Canberra. He'd be flying all over the place. And I couldn't really keep track of what I needed to do, nor did he have an idea of what, I did all the time when he was away. So he'd be leaving at three o'clock on a Monday morning, coming home at six or 7 p.m. on a Friday night and basically come home to shower, do, do his laundry and turn around and get back on the plane again. So I needed something that I could see on the wall that wasn't like hidden away in a diary that he couldn't see. So when he got home, he's like, oh, okay, this weekend we've got this, this, this. Oh, she's actually been busy this week and done this, this and this. So it just gave both of us somewhere out in the open to go, oh, like you're walking past the kitchen. Oh, we've got, you know, Timmy's recital today or something like that. It just, it was in your face and you couldn't miss it. So that's where it came from because I'm sick of being like attached to your phone all the time. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously you've got an accounting background as well. Was the transition into running your own business as smooth as what you thought it would be or completely? It was completely different, to be honest. I, I've always said I'm glad I didn't actually need all my core skills I learned at university to do a job because I feel like all of that university knowledge is gone. And in business, by the time you've graduated and then you actually put things into into practice, the whole system's changed. Like when I graduated uni, you know, I don't know, Twitter probably wasn't a thing. Like Facebook was just a, a baby or not even relevant. So what I learned back then has absolutely zero bearing on what I do today. Like if I had to be a, trained to be a doctor, <laughs> I'd be in a whole lot because I wouldn't have remembered anything from uni. So, yeah, very, very, very different to to what I learned at uni. Yeah, there's no, I don't think there's any real correlation anymore. All right, so no, nobody that's listening is going to do accounting anymore. You didn't quite sell it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was my, it was my major, but yeah, it certainly wasn't my passion. But yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, your passion is planners and stuff like that, and it's obviously a very, very busy time of year. From my understanding, yeah. you just had your record month. You just want to talk yeah. us through that and yeah, how you got to that stage. Yeah, sure. So, um. Over the years, like many business owners do, you try and fail with, um, with different coaches or different programs um, to try and get you to where you need to be. Um, what I did recently has been really helpful um, and they focus a lot on Facebook advertising. Um, and whilst Facebook advertising costs have gotten higher and higher as the years have gone on, 
I think I'm starting to finally learn how to have how to do them better, and I think that has um, has certainly resulted in higher revenue. Obviously, my costs have gone up as I've been spending and testing and testing on all sorts of different ad types, but I'm hopefully trying to bridge that gap between or expand the gap, I guess, and bring my costs down and, and bring the the revenue higher. So yeah, it was Facebook ads that would be a huge contributor to that that biggest month ever. Yeah. Yeah. So the listeners would know like I'm a specialist in Facebook ads as well. But coming from an outside perspective and as a being a business owner to yourself, you probably struggled a bit with Facebook ads. And then you've been involved yep. in this other course. What were some of the biggest misconceptions you had before learning more about it? Um I don't think it was about misconceptions as such. I think it was about learning how things had changed. So obviously in the past you'd have to niche quite quite far down into your audience and say, I want to target a 35-year-old mother who has a high income and lives in Canberra. So now it's not that niche down. Now we have this magical thing called Advantage Plus that goes out into the magical world and finds all these fairies for you. So Advantage Plus campaigns are really quite valuable because the algorithm effectively does the work for you. So it's using that Advantage Plus method combined with a lot of UGC creators and that's where we found our success. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I'm continuing to see within ad accounts as well is people are like doing way too much within their ad accounts. Like to mention the strategy that you just mentioned where they're just trying to detail target every little single thing, but they should be yeah. leveraging AI. Be smarter than AI. I think we could all admit that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the advancements over the last 12 to 18 months or so has been astronomical. So yeah, you'd be stupid not to be leveraging that sort of thing. Well, 100%. Like, what's it? Work smarter, not harder. You know, yeah, if, right. AI, if AI is going to do the, the, the bulk of the grunt work for you, let them. <laughs> so, I mean, our, our ad account now has three campaigns in it. It's basically got a testing, retargeting, and an advantage plus, and that's it. So yeah, back in the day, awesome. you'd have a whole host of stuff. Oh, and yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm, gl- I'm glad it's changed. Let's just put it that way. And I'm even gladder because I used to make all those different campaigns and that sort of thing. But like you said, like, yeah. that's only like two or three now. Um, but obviously, there's a yeah. lot more work that goes into the creative and copy side of things. You just touched yeah. on UGC. Do you just want to um, explain like how that's fit into your strategy and how that was able to help you hit your revenue targets or even exceed them over the past month or so. Black Friday's just happened, which yeah, sure. Yep. Yep. So for us, I for daily orders I should say, I've been the face of the business sort of since we started because we've grown from a, a one woman band to, you know, a, a few staff now. Um, and my face was on all the ads and I was doing all the things, you know, come and shop, it's wonderful. Great, you know, we're wonderful. But it was time to ask some other people and to see some other faces on there. So we've reached out to some UGC creators who have been really wonderful, um, a bit more professional than me perhaps, um, a bit more engaging and um, able to sell the product without actually selling it, you know, providing a good solid review, which which ultimately converts. Um, And we've started to use... Uh, males in our UGC as well, which we've not, which we've not had before. Um, so that's been a really good change to our strategy uh, to include males, males in there, which has been good. 
Yeah, awesome. Now, was it all smooth sailing with the UGC or you have a few fails along the way? Because everyone I seem to speak to, they either love or hate UGC, but even the ones who do love it, um, yeah, it was very hard. G'day D2C Slingshot listeners. Before we get back to our awesome discussion, I want to take a moment to share something special with you. Are you an e-commerce brand looking for clarity and guidance on your digital advertising strategy? Well, you're in luck. At Social Slingshot, we offer free 15-minute account audits to help you navigate this minefield. These quick but comprehensive audits are designed to provide you with valuable insights, personalized recommendations, and a clearer path to success. Whether you're struggling with ad performance, looking to optimize your campaigns, or just seeking some expert advice, our team is here to help. We'll review your current strategies, identify opportunities, and offer tips tailored to your brand. Don't let uncertainty hold your e-commerce business back. Take advantage of our free 15-minute account audits today. It's the first step towards maximizing your ad spend and crushing your competitors. To schedule your free audit, simply visit our website at www.socialslingshotau.com or send us a direct message on Instagram at LockieSocialSlingshot. Let's slingshot your sales together. Now, back to our episode. Um, so with the UGC we found out pretty quickly that a certain type of demographic UGC creator wasn't for us. We have probably five to 10 people reaching out per day saying, we'd love to create UGC for you. But the reality is they're not servicing our target market. They're more the young females who are advertising lifestyle and beauty products who are not quite what we're looking for. So we're looking for a more mature woman in age who is a mother, um, who's running a household and that sort of thing. So we learned quickly to steer towards, you know, what who, who our target market would relate to. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same with like all the plus size sizing and stuff in clothing as well. Like it used to be just all like the skinny models um, yeah. promoting all that sort of clothing. And then like you see now the plus size models is really growing industry and it really does have, an impact on the ads, like just showing that, like the target market in the creative has such an impact. And like you yep. said, you even started using males in some of your UGC as well. So that's even interesting and opening up a new market for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's we have quite a high percentage of male users. Um, certainly a lot of tradies seem to come to us because that, for job boards and that sort of thing. So managing their small business and having all their, their jobs listed it might be car servicing. It might be um, running paddocks on a farm. So all sorts of, um, all sorts of industries, which is really good. But the flip side of that is partners who are struggling to find something that their partners would like. So the, the male's trying to find something, you know, a Christmas gift for their partners that they might love. So we're also trying to tap into that that market as well. Yeah, for sure. And what about some of the other strategies that you used over the past month or so to hit that goal aside from UGC? So one of the key ones we've used, um, ordinarily our Black Friday would be a 15% off discount. But this year what we've tried to do is do a gift with purchase, which has increased our AOV um, and that's been a really good strategy for us. So rather than, you know, smashing our income, we're actually giving it a gift that has a high perceived value, but it's still increasing our AOV. So that's been really important for us. And I would encourage other, other e-commerce businesses to do, to do the same because it's been a really good strategy for us because you can, it's a low cost item, but the perceived value is quite high. So people are 
going to be more incentivized to spend the threshold in order to achieve the prize, so to speak. Yeah, just gamifying it a little bit as well. And just so, that, just so the audience understands a little bit more, like what, for example, what did you offer as a free gift? So we had three three gift uh, levels, if you will. So we use an app called uh, Monster Upsells, which is run by an Aussie bloke named Ty Chapman. So we use Monster Upsells, which is basically a cart, what's the word, a cart plug-in. Um, and you can see on a timeline, if I spend, the first threshold was if you spend $99, you get a $50 gift. If you spend 100, uh, $199, you get a $75 gift. And then $299, you get a $100 gift. So each time they spent that much more, their little progress bar would increase and they'd say just $25 more until you get the next gift and be like, Whoop. and then just, you know, how three cents more until you get your, your next gift. So it really did incentivize the customers to go around the website and find just that little thing to tip them over the edge to increase the AOV to get the prize that they wanted or the gift that they wanted. Yeah. So that having that visual was works. really important. Yeah, it definitely works because even me, like I've been advertising for almost five years now and I get to a website and I see those upsell strategies and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm like, I know exactly what you're doing, but I really yeah. want that free shipping or I want that free product. So I'm going to go and to find like, the one that gets me all the time is Elite Subs. Because uh, I go to the gym quite often, so yep. in the supplements, I'm like, oh, you get a free shaker bottle and stuff like that, and gym towel, yep. or you always need that sort of stuff. So yeah, um, and I think and I think that's the, important. It, it, yeah, it's obviously incentive relates as well. Exactly, exactly. I was having a discussion with another brand yesterday that she wanted to have a gift with purchase that was that was cute, but it wasn't necessary for the user. So it needs to be directly related to the core product that you're selling otherwise it's just kind of a bit gimmicky yeah for sure and listeners yeah. might remember we had on a brand called Co, and i haven't spoken to her about this yet but i've seen it on instagram and i thought it was a super cool idea so she sells like affirmation during and what she's done is like buy two and like get one free but instead of like to get one free as a like pass it forward sort of thing. So you get yeah. two for yourself and like use that third one as a gift, which I thought yeah. was a pretty smart strategy. Yeah, well. that is. That's really good. I like it. And that yeah, spreads so, the word as well because then they go, oh, I've got one. I might buy another one and get another one for a friend. So, no, it's it's a good kind of pay it forward chain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought that was pretty cool. Now, obviously, with growing your business, um, I know you're NDIS registered. You yeah. just want to touch on how um, you came to move forward into that and then obviously how that's impacted your business as well. Sure. So we became NDIS registered because a lot of participants inquired and we thought, well, oh, this, this sounds like this sounds interesting and we didn't really know much about it. But the more we looked into it, the more we could see that our planners would benefit the disability community. So um, one big aspect of it is because our core range of planners are black. You can see a white one behind us, but our core range of planners are black. We have very contrasting colors on the planner, so it's great for visual, visual contrast. The other thing is a lot of 
our disability clients um, have support workers or people who come into their home to assist them with their daily needs, whether it's showering, shopping, attending um, doctor's appointments and that sort of thing. So it's great to use them as a memory aid and they can see who's attending their home during the day or the week and that helps reduce anxiety. So we're, we're really, really proud and pleased that we are NDIS registered and since we've done so, the NDIS has accounted for about 30% of our annual sales. Yeah, awesome. And I've, I've probably even seen your boards um, around in like Snapchats and things like that because quite a few of my mates work in the disability space and I see those boards all around the place all the time. Like they're always full of colour. They're always uh, like full of <laughs> information and stuff like that. I'm not sure if it's your exact one, but yeah, I do see them it better be. in that space just <laughs> anecdotally as well. Yeah, oh, that's that's good to know. Good to know they're out there. Yeah. What What other initiatives have you sort of done to grow your business over the past few years? Like, is there um, any, like the introduction of any like new platforms that you jumped on the Clavio train, or have you tried Pinterest or any other platforms? Yeah. So we're certainly um, very deep into Clavio integration. So we integrate with Shopify and all of our, obviously all of our abandoned cart, all of our welcome series, all of that sort of stuff is sent through um, Clavio, which has been quite successful for us. Um, we did jump on the Pinterest bandwagon. However, we didn't actually see a lot of conversions through that. So we did stop, we stopped advertising with Pinterest. Um, I know it is a massive platform for some brands organically, but we, I don't know why, but we just didn't see the reach. We didn't see the results. So I figured there's no point in flogging a dead horse. Um, yeah. So we, we withdrew from Pinterest and focused on things that actually made us revenue, which is um, Facebook and Google. Yeah, interesting. Because like, I guess the general uh, assumption would be like your target market is on Pinterest, like that middle-aged mother um, probably looking at house design inspiration all the time, yeah. home and garden and stuff like that. So it's interesting if I didn't work out for you, but... Yeah, it's, and that's not all that middle-aged mothers do, though, I, can I just tell you. <laughs> we do have a lot on our plate. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't quite understand. I don't have any kids at the moment. So. No, no, you'll learn. You'll learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, obviously, um, you've got quite a bit of experience in business. And I guess a lot of people would be starting their own businesses, even like New Year's resolutions. Maybe they want to start a bit of a side hustle and stuff like yeah. that. What are some of the things that, I guess, reflecting on when you first began, what sort of helped you get moving? Hmm. I, that's an interesting one. I think each person's business journey is really different. Um, each person brings with them a different skill set, whether that's in management, organisation, problem solving, insert word here, you know what, everyone brings their own skill set. But one of the important things I think is to not try and recreate the wheel. So I would look at other successful e-commerce businesses and I'm not saying copy what they do, but take notes and go, hmm, why is that successful? So for example, look at if you're just starting to look at Facebook advertising, look at the meta ads library of um, of brands that you have things in common with, you know, if you're, I'm just, I'm just saying, if you're a dressing gown company, go and look at Udi and go, what's Udi doing? Why are they so darn successful? What do their ads look like? Okay, cool. 
cool, let's go and have a look at Woody. Or if you're if you're selling bento boxes, go and look at you know uh, B box and say why are they so successful. So go and have a look at their ads. So that, as I said, there's no point in recreating the wheel, but have a look at other similar successful brands for inspiration and find out what they're doing and why they're they're killing it. You know, I think there's there's plenty of case studies out there to show how to do and how not to do things. Yeah, for sure. And even looking at different industries as well, like I find myself replicating ads from a clothing brand. We might be advertising like a dog product or something like that. So yeah, yeah spend as much time as you can in the Facebook ads. So I'd be probably not as much as me because it seems to kick out all I do. But um, yeah, it's definitely a great help. And then obviously like funnel hacking a bit as well. So checking yeah. out like people's checkout processes and stuff like that. You'll see like a lot of new start businesses, especially like the drop shippy ones, like you can tell like, they, they're quite new. So just trying to make it as aesthetically pleasing and just get every button working and stuff like that, just cross reference. Yeah, that's a, yeah that, is, that is a big one, like making sure the user experience is clean um, and making sure that, you know, they can, they can check out successfully with not too many barriers to check out. So I know... Thousands of brands have upsells on their product page, but for me, I don't like that. So that's that's an interruption to the user journey. So if I've hit, for, for my business, if I've hit a planner and it goes, would you like fries with that? Kind of, would you like pens with that? It's like, get out of my way. I'm just trying to check out. So we have in our cart a frequently bought together, so it's a lot more subtle. So you're not interrupting the user journey because they might go back and buy three other things but if they're getting interrupted all the time by pop-ups they're going to smash your computer screen because they're like yeah, leave I, me alone i had that experience yesterday with country road and lucky my girlfriend doesn't listen to this but i was buying her a handbag uh, yeah. so what what happened is like i was checking out because it was a recommendation from her sister and yeah. so i was going there to check out on this bag and i was buying it no matter what but if i was buying something for myself from that site, there was like this pop-up that like, I don't even know where it was because I just kept trying to exit it so quickly. Yeah. They come up like three, four different times and then there was some, like my address and stuff come up as red, even though I could submit it after I clicked the button and like stuff like that for such a big yeah. brand. Probably, yeah. I don't even know if they that, that's happening, but stuff like that can make people lose trust, make people lose interest, like attention spans are so short. And Absolutely. Like, honestly, I would have left that website if I yeah. wasn't going there to buy that exact product. Exactly. You just end up with a table flip and you go, I'm out of here, I'm done. So we, we, yeah, so I don't like, I've got obviously a sign-up pop-up that's, you know, 45 seconds in on 30% scroll or something like that. But other than that, our only, not even a pop-up, it's a post-purchase checkout. So we have a post-purchase yeah. checkout where we offer x percent off a particular item to complement whatever they've bought so it's it's after you've secured the purchase and then it's literally a one-click upsell to say hey do you want this at 30 percent off and all they have to do is click a button so it's not stuffing around it's not messing with their initial purchase it's just a why are you here because obviously we save on shipping on that so we can discount the inbuilt cost of shipping so yeah yeah, yeah it's, awesome. it's user experience is important yeah, for sure. And very overlooked as well. But moving on, just quickly before we start to wrap up for today, what is yeah. what plans do you have for 2024? 
Well, it's interesting. Not to give all the secrets away, but... No, no, no. Um, I'm wondering about how how I can um, not step down from the business but not be so present, Um, whether I look at employing someone sort of here, like as maybe a general manager to try and take charge of the business and act more strategically because we've grown from a, a, you know, a little baby micro business to heading into $2 million revenue this year, which is not unsubstantial. So, um, insubstantial? Hmm, unsubstantial. Anyway, not not small. Um, (laughs) So, I'm wondering whether next year we need to look at someone who has a bit more strategic direction to take the business, um, yeah, in in a better managed fashion rather than just, um, sort of chasing our tails as we currently are. So, so looking to see how we go with that. Seeing if I can step yeah. back and and say it's someone else's um someone else's job now. Yeah, yeah, that would be an awesome goal. I guess that's <laughs> the goal for every e-commerce business when they start their business is to hopefully exit one day and start drinking cocktails on the beach or spending more time with your family and stuff like that. Yeah, awesome. something something like that. I just don't want to have to be the one to do the last minute, you know, website fixing at 12 p.m. on, you know, Boxing Day or Christmas Eve to make sure the Boxing Day sale's ready tomorrow. So, yeah, it's just all those, you know, some of those little things that need to be handed over to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, um, just before we jump off today, you just want to give a little quick plug to your socials or where people can get in touch with your business. Sure. So um, we are on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok, but that's a little embarrassing, so maybe don't go to the TikTok. So we're Facebook dot com slash daily orders australia and just daily orders on instagram as well so you can come and say hi there or you can come and check out our website at dailyorders.com.au and you can shop to your heart's content yeah awesome thanks so much for joining us today i really enjoyed this podcast and i'll see no you listeners on the next episode Awesome. Thanks, Lucky. See ya. Hey, D2C Slingshot listeners. Unfortunately, this episode has come to an end. If you did make it this far, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed it. So how about hitting the thumbs up, leaving a comment, or even smashing subscribe? Any engagement or feedback truly helps us improve and grow. And remember, if you have any questions at all or insights you'd like to share, the best place to reach me is on Instagram at Slingshot. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next 